podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. In a tiny apartment in Southern California, two college dropouts teamed up to start a watch brand that broke all the rules. With clean, innovative designs, unexpected colors, and unbeatable value, Movement became the fastest-growing watch brand in the world. Every bold, modern design is dreamed up at Movement's California headquarters. And now, everything is on sale for their ninth birthday celebration. You can save big with 25% discounts on watches, jewelry, sunnies, blue light eyewear, and more lifestyle essentials. And for the first time this year, Movement's best-selling, innovatively made ceramic watches are on sale too. Elevate your own look or give someone an amazing gift that won't break the bank. But looks like it did. There's never been a better time to join the movement. Get the best prices of the year with Movement's site-wide 25% off anniversary sale and enjoy free shipping, free returns, and a two-year guarantee on everything they make. Just go to MVMT.com. That's MVMT.com. Yeah, we're back in town after watching, oh, dearie me, again, Everton nil, Sheffield United 2, um, me and Mark Mosey here. Uh, before we get into the game, Mark, also nightmare getting a taxi from town today, wasn't it? Um, we yeah. should have just should not have bothered at all, really. Yeah, I mean, you jokingly said at five to three, so we just stay in a boozer in town and watch anything other than Everton and... I think a quarter to five, we were all very much on the same wavelength. But uh, yeah, logistical nightmare getting to the game. But I think the only thing that got worse this afternoon was the actual 90 yeah. minutes. Get that flyover sorted, Joe Anderson. You know, <laughs> the, 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 the cabs used to come through there all the time on Scotty Road, didn't they? Yeah. Really easily. But now. Please keep shutting the Mersey Tunnel on match days. That would, that yeah. would really help yeah. everyone. Make, yeah. make anything any to stop watching that. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's very much laughter. Out of anxiety and frustration, isn't it? Today, to be fair, um, as, as we get into talking about it, um, I've got to say, mate, I don't really know where to go from it now. You know, it's it's because we've done this podcast about thirty-five times in the last five years. Yeah, but it, I think I think in the week we sort of you know we you know we do all the shows and all the content and. After the Bournemouth game, it felt like everyone had like a, a, a bit of a deep delve into the, the way the way yeah. issues and the team and the psyche, the team and the mentality and and everything to do with the football club really sort of picked it apart. And it it sort of it felt to me as though when we were talking about it all that you know this is all going to be all right because we've got a nice game at the end of the week in regards to Sheffield United. And I, I thought that it was going to be a tough game, but I didn't think it was going to be a game that Everton would lose or draw. I thought we might have to battle to get through and. All those conversations were sort of premeditated by that, and I sort of thought, you know, we'll kick on again after this, and you know, things will look a bit better going into the, into what, what's going to be a big week next week. But you know, the performance today and, and the manner of defeat is just it just leaves you a little bit speechless. And you know, coming out that ground, you sort of shrug your shoulders, put your arms out, and go, "What on earth are we going to do here?" You mentioned premeditated conversations. I think what it does show is that all of the verbals that came out of the club this week on the back of that poor performance about how it, everything was going to be different and Marco Silva appreciated that we were a club that I'm not necessarily on the brink of crisis but everyone kind of sees it that way well I, I left my seat on 85 minutes thinking this is a real crisis now um, and, and as much as I don't think that the club are probably as knee-jerk as what a lot of the, the fans feel at the moment he, he's very quickly gone from someone who's getting a lot of time given to him to develop a five-year plan into someone who looks like he's got five games to try and prove his worth. Yeah, uh, yeah most definitely. Yeah. I think next week is obviously a bit of a buy because we all expect, excuse me, after Man City's demolition of Watford today, they'll, they'll probably come to Goodison and do exactly the same. Um, it's interesting when you, when you mention about the difference between what Everton at home and away is at the moment and 
up until today it's been a totally different animal I, I think there was probably a little bit of naivety about Everton going into this game today thinking that we've got a in inverted commas easy game to fall back on at home we'll do the business at Goodison like we normally do and everyone will kind of put Bournemouth to bed and it, it, it's very quickly amplified into an absolute disaster um, people talk about VAR being an element of theatre this year and I don't even know whether to categorise that as theatre or the, the tragedy or comedy today it was just abysmal um, the fact that it came out of the ground thinking that Michael Keane had a decent game on the ball shows how many times we used him going back towards our own goal Um <laughs> That's completion of 100%. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And it's bizarre that we lost 2-0 to a dire football team. And defensively, I don't think we were we were that bad up until that second goal. Um, it, it was a classic performance for a side who needed a result coming to Goodison Park and sensed vulnerability. Um, if if Phil, Phil Jagielka learned anything in his 10 years at Goodison Park, it was how to destruct us at home. Um, it, it was a classic performance that he's been on the back... on the the poorer end of for so many years and you can almost sense the words he said in that dressing room before the game whereas if you keep these quiet for half an hour get under the skin nick one from a set piece get one on the counter job will be done and it it was a it was a classic everton deterioration um you're writing where we go from here because we mentioned in the cab on the way back into town that regardless of Personnel, uh, in particular manager. Um, I personally think centre forward. You, you can bring anyone from the world into those positions at the moment, and the whole system falters still, uh, which is very worrying because the football team needs to progress from the point that it's been at for in recent years, the last six years. But we're going back 30, 40 years since it's been something that anyone can really be proud of. Mm. Um, and it's worrying when you can't necessarily pinpoint the the areas where it's going wrong. Uh, we we all come away. You're right, and you kind of shrug your shoulders and hold your hands out and think, well, why is this happening? Um, the feeling of apathy and the certainly the patience that Marco Silva has afforded himself after two pretty disastrous spells from Cumin and and Allardyce that that started to really wear thin today. I think yeah. it was the first time today where the booze and the angst were, were very much apparent again. I think all the, you know, you think about his, his tenure so far and you sort of look at that first spell, first, first, first third of the first season, pretty decent, middle third, obviously a bit of a disaster, and the third, third of the campaign, he sort of earned a lot of favour, earned a lot yeah. of fans back again with the way he sort of acquitted himself and the way in which the team played. And it looked like he'd sort of resolved those issues. And it's whether he can sort of do that again now, obviously. But I think it's it's a horrible feeling to be sat here and to sort of, you know, <laughs> obviously we're not football managers, but you sort of know your team, you know your players, and you know, you sort of sense you get a grip of what, what needs to happen to this team to sort of get them back to, to go in, in the right direction. But, you know, we're both sat here now sort of going... What's next? Mm. You know, you could you could probably change Seamus Coleman for Jibril Sadibi, you could probably go to a four three three, you probably play Sheng Tosin or Dominic Carvert Lewin next week. And it just feels like it's all gonna be the, the same again going forward. Yeah, you need you need massive levels of, of reformation, which is incredibly risky. Um at what point are Everton afforded the opportunity to, to make those sort of massive moves I don't necessarily think we're on the brink of relegation and, and if we were we wouldn't necessarily have been in a position to, to make those massive changes do you think they're massive changes even now though when you look at the performance today you look at Sigerson all season you look at Coleman all season I know it's you know it's, it's captain and vice captain isn't it I suppose so in that regard it is, it is significant part, part of the problem but if you, if, you, if you strip that away and look at the performances entirely 
that they are the weakest two performers in the side. And you know, we, we we sort of sort of said that we don't know what to do next. But surely that's that's the start of all this, isn't it? You look at the players in the team who are performing at the lowest level currently, mm. and you've got to say those two lads are probably. 11 and 10 aren't they in regards yeah. to if you're doing a list of who's performing best out the side mm. that, that's where those two are at the moment I don't think we're the well we're clearly not the lowest in terms of quality in the league um, we're, we're probably the most underperforming side in the whole division um, which is bizarre I think it's it's startling to think back at the, the amount of money and the, some of the names that we brought in the last few years for I mean certainly us growing up that the prospect of going out and spending this this level of money on the calibre of players that we've got was totally unthinkable uh, and it, the fact that we've managed to get them here now and do it with potentially what we thought was going to be one of the the most hands-on the most gifted coaches in the league and for us still to be at this position it does make you think well what is the vital piece of the cog that, that actually takes us forward um, my major worry today I know we, we've conceded two goals so an absolute dog piss side but the, the lack of creativity going forward is startling um, we mentioned some of the players that we brought in but the vast majority of those have been offensive um, people like Richarlison offensive and, in a different way they, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. they offended my eyes but yeah. we've got someone in Moyes Keane who I am not prepared to get on the back of in the slightest but we are talking about one of the one of Europe's greatest attacking talents if not the top talent in Europe um, he is someone who I would say you could interchange with any of the world's greatest footballers and I am in very much include anyone from the top echelons of European football and you'd still get the same results because the cohesion is just totally totally unapparent um, very a lot of that falls on your who is going to be that creative talisman and, and a lot of that does fall on Gilfie Sigerson I've been a, a massive backer of him in the past and I don't know what it is whether it's just him in terms of his own personal performance or if it's a question of system and formation that doesn't quite suit him but I think you either very quickly change his role in this side or you change the side um, he certainly has to be a sacrifice I think the, the one silver lining at the moment is possibly not so with the Man City game at the weekend but Tuesday against Sheffield Wednesday does offer us an opportunity to be a little bit more flamboyant in our um, team selection possibly in formation as well Do you think that's what we require though at the moment? It feels very much like you know I don't want to go full dinosaur football manager here but it feels very much yeah. like this is a this is a set of players and a manager that need to show things up a little bit and it's it's very much you know I think I think we sort of did this a little bit last season when things weren't going particularly well we had to take a step back you think about that Cardiff game and a few of the others where it was very yeah. very defensive and yeah. you know it's very much about clean sheets we sort of built from that from that again it feels like that's where we need to sort of go again now with this side and I know it's Sheffield Wednesday on, on Tuesday night and we're going to have a lot of the ball and you know potentially should be looking to win that game but I think with the matches against City coming up we're going to have not much of the ball Burnley away is going to be a tough game and just any away, well, any away game, game any, yeah we're in that situation yeah. now aren't we where it just feels like it's I imagine the manager's brief suddenly going from we're going to attack sides and try and put sides under pressure yeah. to right we need to be solid and defensive here and you know that that's indicative of the situation we're in unfortunately I think the irony on paper is that we're, we are not a side that's built for that though yeah. if, if you tell an Everton side to grind out a performance then you very quickly play to the weaknesses uh, in an ideal world you, you do tell them to go out and be expansive and, and attacking and, and really take the game to the opposition but everything about that sort of style of play relies on confidence and, and an inner self-belief and to a man every single person in the setup at the moment hasn't got that um, it I don't necessarily think that, that 
being defensive is the way to go because that that is probably one of the areas where we we look most vulnerable. Um, it, it it probably needs a massive shake up in terms of not only personnel but attitude. Um, it, they look like a team who need to be taken away for a couple of weeks to Dubai for training and, and just totally forget about league football. Um, the reality of Premier League is that we haven't got that opportunity. Yeah, um, the manager then um, you know already looking on social media, loads of calls for for his head and stuff, which is sort of natural after this decision. Uh, sort of set myself on there and I'm definitely not saying sack the manager but displays like that get football managers sacked from the jobs don't they and I think Dave Downey on, on Twitter was absolutely spot on in what he said is that that game reeked very much of Burnley at home to Ronald Koeman and after that game I think none of us really came out and said that the manager's got to go but it sort of felt like a game that was an indicator of the path that this, this, set, of, this set of lads is going down under this manager and you know while we can sit here and say that things are going to change you know he could, could be positive and you know he might, he might pull these back again it just feels like we're sort of trapped in a bit of a never-ending cyclical story here it feels like the dominoes are lined up and Moussa has come and just flicked the first one today and it's just a matter of time but I think Callum Wilson last week yeah true yeah yeah. there were a couple of dominoes down at this point um, I, th- I think he will be afforded time um, Very, I, I think it's, it's clearly the Everton way anyway that the board are a lot more sympathetic than the fans are when it comes to wielding the axe um, I think there's a couple of things that really buy him time at the moment the fact that there's no one really lined up to, to take his role um, Everton is, is very quickly disappointingly becoming a, a managerial poison chalice really I, I don't see anyone knocking on the door that isn't desperate for a, a job um, and that's not what we're looking for we're looking for someone who's going to be a, a hands on coach to the players and progress this team and what we're essentially looking for is a top six football manager in, in the UK in the domestic game and you, you wouldn't wish that upon any of them at the moment so just I don't think we're an appealing concept because we've seen manager after manager come in and take us in different directions and always reach the end game at the same point and it's it's incredibly monotonous it's incredibly labouring to have to go through this entire process again um, I think the other thing that probably buys silver time is that as much as the impatience is bubbling at the moment we all bought in 18 months ago to the fact that this was going to be a three to five year project it was going to encompass not only development of the team on the pitch but the development of the club off the pitch and the stadium and, and, and everything that encompasses that and as much as the fact that we're moving to Bramley Moor is not is not a reason to keep Marco Silver on board we've kind of all bed in here into the relationships that have been developed between the fans and the, and the manager the manager and Marcel Brands the manager and the board I think but that, I, think, I think that that to interrupt you there, but that takes longer to build than it does to deteriorate, doesn't most it? Definitely, and I think yeah. you know you, you look towards last season. I think you did build that with the results we got at home. Yeah. But it just feels like we're, and I think this that sort of like you know it ties in with our place in this league. Like you said, you know we we're expected to be a, a team that's going to challenge for the top six this season. And I think with that expectation comes the expectation that you should beat Sheffield United at home. You should go to Bournemouth and do better than we did last week. You should go to Villa and do better than we did. You should go to Crystal Palace and do better than we did. And I think with, with those expectations in mind, when you don't sort of live up to them, the, the faith and the belief can, can just erode so much quicker, can't it? That's where expectation meets reality. Um, 500 days of summer. <laughs> yeah. For, I, I certainly come out of games like today and it, it's very evident that we are not part of the six or the seven. We are part of the, the 13 or the 14. Um, and the 10. It's, it's, it's depressing to say, given what we've done in recent transfer windows and 
what we all assume that Marco Silva has done behind the scenes and as much as we don't want to go full knee jerk and say that everything's fallen apart on the back of a Premier League result that can essentially happen to anyone I think the manner in which we've performed this season and if, See, I don't, if, I don't if think we, the result does happen to anyone and I, 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 you know I think you, you look at them today. I would say that this, the start of the season that we've had doesn't happen to anyone. Um, the expectations are very dangerous word, but I think it, you can be forgiven going into the first six league games that we had to think, well, do you know what? We should really be putting ourselves into a good position. But I think the performance they put in today against us, you know, it's it's sub performances. If you're away, you find you love that. You see your team backs yeah. to the wall. Nick and one from a set piece. Nick and one of the counts that you go home, you made up, and they'll, they'll talk it up for ages. But I think. You look at it and sort of think, what, what did they? How, how many teams in this league do they beat with that performance today? I, I don't think there's more. Than, I don't think there's, yeah. I don't think there's more than fifteen, or I don't, I don't think there's more than probably six, seventeen or eighteen. Yeah. I think not many sides lose to a performance like that, and I think that's sort of the level we've got to again now, where it just seems like if you do basic things in a football match well, Everton will gift you a goal, yeah. and they will let you have a chance. And if you take those chances, you'll win the game. And I know we've been, I know we've been good at home recently, but. It just felt as though last week with Bournemouth and the way we acquitted ourselves there, that there's always going to be a lull and there's always going to be difficult against today. There's always going to be a grindy, horrible game. And if Sheffield United took the chances, then they cause us problems. And they took the chances, and ultimately, which is probably the biggest surprise of the day, we didn't create many at all. I think we are. We're such a vulnerable side that teams can sense when our soft underbelly is exposed, and that is, that is. A massive weakness. I think part of part of beating Everton at Goodison Park, well, the vast majority of it is not based on technical ability and your ability to be a beater man or just generally perform well for ninety minutes. It's about game management and to an extent early early on in the game, crowd management. It's about how you not only perform as a technically gifted footballer but as an intellectual sport and personality basically I think the, the ability to it, it was such an easy side to, to tear apart in those weaker moments I think we are you're, you're right in that no they don't go to a side that bubbles or to a side that we hold in as high a regard as ourselves and recreate that performance because there's a maturity about the vast majority of the rest of the league and the you can very quickly sense when teams are trying to play you at their game. Uh, Everton don't seem to be on the, the way for them to be able to, to pick up on that until we're 75 minutes in and we're 2-0 down. Um, I think that's the, the most worrying thing for me is that we talk about winning mentality consistently and, and albeit some of the players and we look at Fabian Delph for someone who's come in and should have that level of nous to their game. Um, it, it doesn't necessarily spread through the team at any point. Um, potentially because we haven't got a manager who's been there and done that but as a football club that have underperformed for the for the last 30 years why do we why do we think we're entitled to have that level of that level of maturity on the pitch and that level of success and that winning mentality we haven't won anything of note for decades why do we think that we are able to to ride games out against lesser opposition comfortably um the fact that we got beat today by a side who got absolutely destructed by Southampton at home last week is a shocking reminder of where we are at the moment and we, we are we are mid-table fodder unfortunately we are going to we are going to perform well at home occasionally like Stoke did when they were in the Premier League uh, and we, we are going to we are going to be taken apart by lesser sides because unfortunately we, we have not developed at all in the last 
six or seven years of this managerial merry-go-round that we've had and my worry is that if we continue down this level of, of consistent change then the sustainability that we need to actually take this team forward is never going to be achieved yeah uh, long way back for this football club uh, you looking forward to talking about it all week uh, absolutely not no I hope Sheffield Wednesday tear us apart just so we can talk about something else <laughs> yeah uh, that's obviously a massive game on Tuesday night now as well uh, cheers to Mark um, and to everybody else who got involved in this podcast today <laughs> we will speak to you again very soon here on the Blue Room uh, if you want to hear more from us a uh, bit of a group therapy session all week on Blue Room Extra over on Patreon it's Blue Room Extra so patreon.com slash Blue Room Extra uh, we'll speak to you again very soon keep the faith up the toffees Searching for just the right job? Whether you're looking for full-time, part-time, or seasonal work, you can get started today. Amazon Jobs offer the whole package with great pay and flexible shifts that allow you to choose when and how much you work. Find a warehouse close to home and discover the role that works for you. To get your application started for an hourly job, go to amazon.com apply. That's amazon.com apply. Amazon is proud to be an equal opportunity employer. Sports Social Podcast Network.